2: On News Radio 680 WPTF.
1: And I'm Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner.
2: And I'm Deborah Lewis, Certified Financial Planner.
3: And we're here to answer your questions for the next hour. Well, Doug, Deborah, What is new in the world of retirement planning? Well, we received a question, and the writer says, when will I have enough to retire? So here's my answer, since that was all the information I had. You will have enough to retire when you know that you have enough saved or accumulated in investment portfolios to produce enough income to cover your future needs. There are two types of investment accounts that are available. Those are retirement investment accounts and personal investment accounts. If the investments inside them were withdrawn from, would they produce enough income for you to cover your predictable living expense needs? Could they cover your unpredictable and discretionary expenses? You need to know how much you'll need to know when you have accumulated enough to retire. This is the job of a certified financial planner, and this is what I do. This is what we do. We help you identify what you have now and what you can accumulate before you retire and how much income you can expect from those investments when you retire. This is how we help clients answer the question of when they can retire. We can help you identify your goals and the opportunities for accumulating more and the weaknesses in your current plan so that you are able to retire when you want to. If you want to call during the week to set up a face-to-face appointment, the number is 919-872-7000. That's USA 7000. Also, we have a website at Lewis Financial Management. That's
2: DougAndLinda.com. DougAndLinda.com. Deborah, is this an example of what being... Promoted as lerp's lerp's. Well, Doug, why don't you take this one? Is this
3: is is this an example of what's being promoted as lerp's? These are these um, life insurance retirement plans, and so if someone is calling in, could they be possibly asking if this is a lerp?
1: Yeah, all right. We need we need to to get some clarity here for first of all, LERP is, there's no such thing as a LERP. It's a it's an acronym that's being promoted now by a lot of uh, insurance people and a lot of radio people now I've been hearing are talking about LERPs, life insurance retirement plans, life insurance retirement plans. Well, first of all, we have to understand a life insurance policy is not an investment. It's an insurance policy. And these re- lurps, as they're called, life insurance retirement plans, are basically where you're buying a whole life policy. You put a, a large lump of money at the insurance company. It's your money. You, it, you, you can't touch it for a few years because you've got it because it's got a huge commission that's that's paid to the life insurance broker who sold it to you. It's usually as much as fifteen or twenty percent you got to wait maybe five, six, seven years. And then by then, you can start to borrow out some of the cash value of your own life insurance policy. Uh... In my opinion, it is one of the big ripoffs in the uh, in the so-called investment world today. You're putting your money at an insurance company and having the wonderful right to draw to, to borrow your money back from yourself, and you're paying all these expenses and everything. And they call it a a life insurance retirement plan. No, it's not a retirement plan. It's it's a life insurance policy, and it's it's being sold because it it, it generates a very very large commission. Now, there's another product, however, sold by insurance agents, and these are annuities. And these also are insurance policies. But here, it's a little more tricky. Annuities are also insurance policies. And in simple language, you give a large amount of money to the insurance company, and they give you a monthly check for the rest of your life, and when you die, they keep everything, and your spouse gets nothing, your children get nothing, and they keep it. But they say, if you like, we can give you a smaller check if you want. So if you die, it will continue until your wife dies. Or we can give you a smaller check if you want, and and they keep smaller and smaller and smaller. But the bottom line of the annuity is it goes to the insurance company, and you are effectively disinheriting your heirs once you annuitize this Annuity. All of these are made to sound as if there's some wonderful brand new investment vehicle out there. There is no brand new investment vehicle, no more than there was in those bank CDs. These are just uh, new sales pitches that are being promoted and the investing public needs help. Uh, we never had so much of a need for help as we did, as investors do now.
3: If you'd like further information, call us at 919-872-7000 or go to our website, DougAndLinda.com. That's DougAndLinda.com.
1: Back in 1990, when we first opened up this radio program, Linda, uh, It it was quite simple, but there's so much false information being promoted across the airwaves uh, and in the media that the the public needs the help of a certified financial planner who will walk them through all of these uh, scams that are out there.
2: Well, you know, even last week, I would say in the last two weeks, I've probably gotten five invitations to seminars and basically their meetings so that someone can sell an annuity. And yes, people need to make a living, but the facts need to be put out there. These are not investment products. They are insurance products products. That's right. Well, and they're playing
3: on the fear that I'm going to outlive my money. So, the the you know, if, if you're being told, you know, aren't you afraid? Aren't you afraid that you're going to outlive your money? Aren't you afraid you're going to outlive your money? Well, yeah, I have that fear, which is why I hired a certified financial planner to alleviate that fear. That would be what our clients would say. They would say, well, I'm not afraid that I'm going to outlive my money because I have a genuine plan. I don't have to be an investment professional. I've hired one. I don't have to be an expert in cash flow planning. I have hired someone to help me do that to analyze my expenses to know my living expense needs to know how much i need in insurance so yes if you're looking for just a transference the risk transfer i'm afraid i might outlive my money and i don't want to think anything i don't want to think about it any more than that then, then that might be the um, the investment that you choose, and we would say there's a better way to do it. Make an appointment with us. Find out that you can hire a financial planner, someone who will walk you through the investment world out there, and reassure you that you won't be able to outlive your money if you are in, in proper have proper advice. Um, That's what Certified Financial Planners do, and that's what we do. This is Deborah Lewis, Certified Financial Planner at Lewis Financial Management. Our number at the office is 919-872-7000. Call me at 919-872-7000.
1: Hi, Shanti. This is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner, Deborah Lewis, Linda Lewis. How can we help you this evening? Hey,
4: how are you today? Good. Okay. I have a question. I have an old, um, I have a 401k with my, all employer as well as a four hundred three b with them, um, and then I have a four hundred one k with my current. Employee. I'm just I've just left it alone. I've not done much with it. What would you advise about my old four hundred one k
1: and four hundred three b? All right. Well, let's take a take. A, let's get some facts down. Shati. how old are you?
4: I'm fifty three.
1: Fifty three. Married or single? Okay. I'm sorry. Married. Married. Okay. Uh, in I What's your family income right now between you and your husband? Uh, it's about
4: one hundred and twenty. About one hundred and twenty
1: thousand, and how much is in the old four hundred one k? I would
4: say about eighty four, eighty five
1: thousand. All right, about eighty five thousand at the old four hundred one k, and what's in the old four hundred three b?
4: There, I think it's about uh, thirty five. About
1: thirty five thousand. Well, I like to think of investments. Uh, If you've heard us before on the air, uh, most of our listeners know that we talk about investments as chickens because it's an easy illustration and chickens give off eggs and investments can give off income. And then we talk about things like 401ks and 403bs and IRAs and these are what we call chicken houses because they house your chickens. Uh, The reason they are housing your chickens is because there's a wolf called the IRS that would like to eat your chickens, and as long as your chickens are in a chicken house, they cannot be eaten by the wolf, otherwise known as the Internal Revenue Service. However, these chicken houses differ. A 401k chicken house protects you from the wolf, just as an IRA chicken house protects you from the wolf. However... The owner of the 401k chicken house, otherwise known as the farmer, that's the employer. And the owner of the IRA chicken house, that's you. And my advice is always, you should be in control. So you should definitely do a tax-free rollover from your old 401k of $85,000 And also from your old 403B of $35,000. And all of that should be rolled over into a new IRA chicken house with a couple of considerations. You with me so far? Yes, I am. Number one, I will tell you what type of IRA not to get. You want no IRA custodian that offers you any products. Many IRA custodians have their own line of products. Uh So you want the freedom to choose any investments out there that you want. You're listening to Money Matters with Doug, Linda, and Deborah Lewis.
3: Call to make an appointment with Deborah Lewis, Certified Financial Planner of Lewis Financial Management. Call 919-872-7000 or
1: visit our website, dougandlinda.com. So you don't want a custodian who offers IRAs but limits you to their types of products. Number two, you don't want an insurance company custodian because the same reason they will be promoting their insurance products. What you do want is you want an independent custodian that has no product limitations whatsoever except those that are legal and illegal. Right. And then you want a custodian that offers you monthly statements. Many custodians do not. But you want statements that shows what is happening in this IRA every month. And then you should meet with a certified financial planner who is fee-based, such as myself. And then you and I will decide what are the best chickens, what are the best investments to put inside your IRA and then from there, you go forward. That way, you always maintain control. Does, does that give you the kind of answer you're looking for? Yes. Um, the
4: only thing was I wasn't sure. Like, when you say you want to own the IRA. Um,
1: you Actually, you are. The I in IRA is individual. Okay. That's what the I stands for. It's an individual retirement account. You set the rules. If you put money in a 401k and you want to get some money out, You have to, very often, you have to go by their rules. You have to apply for permission. It has to be a disability clause. You can, they've got all kinds of rules. If you have money in an IRA, you can do whatever you want. If you want to take the money out, it's up to you. You'll pay the tax, but there's nobody that you ask permission to. Okay. If you want to go ahead and choose a a, a certain kind of a mutual fund in a 401k, you've got to see if it's on the accepted list. If it's an IRA, there is no accepted list. You can... As long as you can put it in any mutual fund you want, you can put it in real estate investment trust. You can put it in a number of types of investments. So that's why I say the I is the individual. Okay.
4: So I um, mean, what I uh, what I'm trying to find out is like, what is a good, uh, like, give me? An, can you give me an example of a, an IRA that I
1: could look at? You want to select a custodian. And I never like to advertise any specific products on the air. Or sponsors, but, yeah. Uh, because that would sound wrong. Right, But right. if you call my office during the week, my office number? nine one nine eight seven two seven thousand. If you will go ahead and then uh, call and, that was Deborah. speak with Deborah or speak with Linda. They'll schedule an appointment for you to meet with me, and then I can go through the different custodians that are around the United States and what are the pros and cons of each. You want one that gives you total control. Okay. Does that help you, Shati? Yes, that did. Thank you
4: so oh, much.
1: You're certainly welcome. Thank, oh, thank by you for the, calling, yeah, and Shati. And by the way, Shati, have you been to our website yet? No, I haven't. We have a, a nice website. It's a very creative name. It's called DougAndLinda.com. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> but if, okay. you go to, if you go to DougAndLinda.com, you'll see our website, and we've got a video, and some call, and we've got a lot of stuff on there for you.
2: Okay. Thank you. Well, thank you for so much for calling, Shati, and have a wonderful week. You too. Bye-bye. Goodbye. You're listening to Money Matters with Doug and Linda Lewis on News Radio 680 WPTF. Well, Doug, Deborah, what else is new in the world of retirement planning? You know, a question was asked recently I have a 401k. How should it be invested? Well, this is
3: a common question. You should first get the list of investment options that are available to you. The list will include which investments you can buy. When you put money into these investments, you are hoping that they will increase in value until you want to retire. So you need to know what these investments are and what you can expect. Most people don't feel comfortable doing this on their own, so they need the help of a certified financial planner. This is one of the many things we do at Lewis Financial Management. If you are just beginning, you will be picking your first investment. Once you've accumulated a few thousand dollars, you'll need to pick the next investment. You're building a portfolio of investments so that when you retire, you will own assets that can be sold to produce an income to you during retirement. These investments should complement each other so that the entire 401k has the best chance to increase in size. Now, if you have already accumulated a large 401k, let's say 100000 500000 or a million, then you really need to know if you've invested it properly. If you haven't, or if you needed to make changes, these can be made without tax consequences. So, is it time for you to see if you need to make changes? Call us during the week to make an appointment to look at your 401k's investments. By making an appointment with us, we can go through your options and advise you on which investments are best for you.
1: You know, I would say through all the years that I've been doing this, and I think I've probably seen well over 10,000 appointments face-to-face in my office. Probably the most common question that starts the meeting, we always have the questions listed that they, that they want in the during the meeting, but the first question is usually, are my investments right in my 401k? What do you think about my investments in my 401k? And almost every single time they're wrong, I... Uh, it's just people, they really need help doing exactly what you said, Deborah. finding out are their investments proper in their 401k.
2: Call us at Lewis Financial Management at 919-872-7000. That's 919-USA-7000. Let's get started or let's get a second opinion on what choices you should make in your 401k.
1: Steve, this is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. How can we help you this evening?
5: Hello, Doug. I hope you can give me some advice tonight. I listen to your show all the time, and this is the first time I've actually called in. Well,
3: Fired thank you for away. listening.
5: <laughs> uh, you're most welcome. I will be 70 and a half. All of my SEP IRA retirement funds are in mutual funds. Most of them fairly aggressive, like uh, Fidelity Contra Fund, Fidelity Blue Chip Fund. Mm-hmm. It's about three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. All right. My investment advisor has recommended that we take uh, some of those funds out and put them in a less riskier investment, uh, primarily because when I have to take the RMD, um, which is going to be about three point seven five. of the value of the fund. If um, my stock portfolio is down, and as you know, uh, mutual funds are pretty much on a seven-year cycle, uh, and about that time, they're supposed to be, if they historically will be on a low cycle, I would need to have my money in a more um, less risky uh, investment. And I'm looking at three... Uh, I'm looking at three different products. All right. It's a single premium deferred annuity that pays three three 3.05% for six years. All right. Or I can do a five-year one for 2.85. Or I'm looking at a fixed index annuity with an income guarantee. Okay. Uh, that's called a pivot, P-I-V-I-T. Mm-hmm or I'm looking at a product uh, I guess it's another uh, fixed index annuity offered by
1: ASEAN. All right. So, let me ask you a couple questions. First of all, Steve, are you married or single? I'm divorced. You're divorced. Any children? Yes. Okay. So, you will turn 70 and a half December 6th this year. That's the mm-hmm. that's that's when you hit your required minimum distribution date. Yeah. Okay. Uh
5: It's my understanding, I'll have to take um, 3.65% of the value of the fund, uh, of my retirement fund, out of something.
1: Yeah, and the way that works, that's called the required minimum distribution. It's not a percent. No, that's not the way it works. The way it works is the value of your entire retirement account or accounts, because they bunch them together. Uh, Then they take the actuarial life that's still left according to the IRS tables on your life and divide that into that, and that will be the dollar amount that has to come out the first year. Okay. Okay and then every year it gets bigger and bigger unless your investment portfolio gets bigger than the required minimum distribution. Okay, now let's go for further. Uh, first of all, a couple of things I need to correct, and I don't want to sound ugly to your investment advisor, but if he's telling you that there is a seven-year cycle to mutual funds, I would tell him that's about as predictable as a baby's bottom also. That's nonsense. <laughs> uh, I have, um, I, I never... I, I, I. None of the investments that my clients are in, none of our client portfolios, ever go through anything like that. Number two, uh, so I scratch out the question of: Is there a seven-year cycle to watch out for? Number two, the question is: Do you want mutual funds that are using, whose managers use technical analysis versus fundamental analysis? Technical analysis is very much numbers-based, and one of your funds actually is exactly a numbers-based fund which uses mathematical formulas. I don't like technical analysis because it's sort of like a type of voodoo that says, well, if numbers do this and numbers do that and two lines cross and one line crosses another, then that's going to be either a buy signal or a sell signal. Um, I really, my experience tells me that's nonsense because I've seen so many contradictory opinions of different people who use technical analysis.
3: So take out a pen and paper, write down our number. It's nine one nine eight seven two seven thousand. Hold on to that pen and paper and maybe you'll get some ideas of things you should
1: talk about. So I don't like technical analysis as a method of choosing my funds. Third, I want fundamental analysis. Fundamental analysis is where the managers of your funds are buying or selling, mainly buying— stocks of companies based upon their research of the companies not where the stock is going to be but what's the future value of the company how do we feel how does the manager feel or his research analysts feel about ibm over the long term uh maybe the next five six seven years or whatever if it's ibm or coca-cola or, or kentucky fried whatever it so that's fundamental analysis that's based on research and once i have that I only look for mutual funds whose managers have averaged over 7% a year for the last 10 years. So if I've got something like that as a starting point, then I go to, well, do I really want to go ahead and get rid of mutual funds to get an annuity? So now we have to say, wait a second, if I get rid of mutual funds, I'm telling these managers that I'm betting on that I know more than they know, which I think is a recipe for disaster because – I don't know more than a, take a Warren Buffett. I don't know more than, if I've got a mutual fund manager and I know many of them by name, I speak to them, uh, they're handling in the hundreds of billions of dollars and their research obviously is much stronger than anybody that I know. And so for me to make a move based upon some decision that I think is going to be better than theirs uh, is is also nonsense.
3: Let me ask you two questions, Steve. This is Deborah, Doug's daughter. You said SEP IRA. Are you self-employed? Yes. Okay. About how much is in this SEP IRA? Three hundred fifty
5: thousand.
3: All right. Does this represent all retirement accounts?
5: Yes.
3: Okay. So at three hundred fifty thousand, and if it's all invested in mutual funds now versus having— Well,
5: I've got a hundred thousand in cash. Oh. Okay.
3: All right. So if we're looking at this three fifty, we've got one hundred thousand in cash. We've got.
1: What's the remaining two fifty? Is the hundred thousand that's in cash? Is that in the SEP or is that outside of the SEP?
5: It's in a set, but it's not in uh, with the uh, like Fidelity Fund. Okay, right. so
1: you've actually got four hundred fifty thousand in retirement accounts.
5: Uh, no, I think it's less than that.
1: Okay, I thought you said three fifty and one and a hundred. Well,
5: I thought the total. Um, it's probably, it probably is about four hundred thousand.
1: Okay, all right. So let's go to the question of what about the annuities? First of all, the annuity, in my opinion should never be in a retirement account because it is already a retirement, t- it's already a tax-deferred uh, holding place, if you will. The the fees, while it is in its growth period, and you said a deferred annuity, so if in a deferred annuity, that means you're going to have it in a holding account where Whatever the underlying investments, they call them sub-accounts, they're they're very often, they're just mutual funds. But you're paying fees to run the mutual fund. You're paying fees for the insurance company to wrap it. And you've got death benefits that you're paying for people that die along the way. Why not just stay in those mutual funds? Then we come to, well, what about at the time that I annuitize? And you said you can annuitize at 3% or so on. Now, think about that for a moment. The day that happens, you have disinherited your children. So what was that all about? Why do I want to give the money to an insurance company so I can be sure that I get a 3% when I've been using mutual funds that are giving me 7%? And I don't have to give up anything. I never transfer. It all belongs as part of my inheritance to my children.
3: If you need help, call me, Deborah Lewis, 919-872-7000. 919-872-7000. Nine one nine eight seven two seven thousand.
1: The three choices you gave me—they look to me like—I think there were four, but they okay. were all annuities. Yeah, so it's—it's it's really. Well, I
5: had I had two single premium deferred annuities. One pays three point oh five percent for six years. Right. And one pays two point eight five for five years.
1: Right. Okay. Well, let me ask what. Well, the point is that once you annuitize and get that payment then you've given up your principal. It doesn't belong to you.
3: Here's the other side of that argument is when you have a SEP IRA or any retirement account, the required minimum distribution requirement is simply the minimum amount that you must withdraw and pay taxes on. If this is completely unnecessary income so that your goal is to not to have it come in, to have it have less in other words, if it's taxable income that you're not wanting to pay taxes on, then that's an entirely different goal. Are you going to need this? to sub- Probably. Okay. Then that in itself means that you want something that is going to grow and produce income. Right. But just grow faster than To lock yourself in at 3%, 3.5%, that's craziness.
1: Because all of our clients that are in the RMD phase, they generally, they're getting bigger checks every year from the ages of 70 and a half, to ninety or whatever, right. so uh, and they never give up control. So, I just did some quick yeah, math, it, and it what'd just you come up with Deborah. Yeah,
3: so even if you just had the four hundred thousand produ- divided by, let's say, a factor of twenty five, a factor Steve would be like right. the actuarial years left in your. life I use twenty eight. What'd you get? I, and I use sixteen thousand a year, thirteen thirty three a
1: month for the first year.
3: For the first year, now what is that? The sixteen thousand. Uh-huh. Okay, let's see. I did it backwards. So let's do thirteen thirty-three times twelve. E- oops.
1: So now you got. Oh, no, you're right. Okay. Yeah. I, 16, I, I see the
3: 1333 yeah. Okay. Yeah, $1,333 plus let's say Social Security income. If you can cover your expenses with that, then all you have to take is the required minimum distribution. If you want or need more, you can take this and you just pay income taxes on it. The required minimum distribution is not something you need to try and um, a- accomplish. It's at the very least the amount of income that, you, that you're that you required by law to pay taxes on. Exactly. If you need or want more, take it. Pay income tax on it. That's how you are going to support yourself during.
5: Well, I think with the, my social security, which I'm trying to hold off until I'm 70 to start receiving. All right. Um, and the required minimum distributions. I think I'll be fine.
1: Then, then, then what you've it. just said is you definitely do not want an annuity. You definitely don't. You don't want any annuity, Steve. As a matter of fact, write down my phone number nine one nine. Eight seven two seven thousand. That's nine one nine eight seven two seven thousand. When we get off the air, call that call that number, and uh, we will go ahead and schedule an appointment to meet with you and show you how we do it and how we've been doing it all these years, where clients never give up control get larger distributions throughout their retirement years and as Deborah says if you want more money you take more money but you're always in control and the last question that I never even touched on is the annuity costs you a huge amount they don't tell you generally but the uh, the uh, the insurance yeah mm-hmm. what's the commission? Mm-hmm. The commission can be as much as 8 or 9%. So, a that's a $36,000 commission that you're going to pay, which, of course, is a nice incentive for someone to be recommending it. I don't think it's proper.
2: I, w- I wanted to ask a question, Steve. This is Linda Lewis. Um, are you still working? Yes. Okay. So, what kind of income are we looking at?
5: My income fluctuates because I'm self-employed.
2: Yes, sir.
1: So, roughly, what are we looking what's at? What's a high and what's a low guess?
5: Well, I would say the high is uh, probably seventy-five thousand. Yes, sir. You talking about adjusted gross income or no
1: gross income? Just
5: gross gross receipts. <clears throat> I'd say the high is probably seventy-five right now, and the low is probably going to be thirty. Okay.
1: So, when you hit your RMD, you hit age seventy and a half. Are you just going to stop everything, or you think you'll keep making some money just for fun? Probably. That's what happens to most of our self-employed I'm clients. i like to
5: offer, and I'm not, uh, I don't play tennis. I like to work. <laughs> and I, won't sit, I don't want to sit Ditto. at home. I mean, I, I mean if, I don't, if I don't do my current work, I will do some other kind of work, even if it's nothing more than being a greeter at Walmart.
2: Yes. Well, call us at the office, Steve. And if, if you would, when you get off you know the call, write down some of the questions that you have. About your situation, because what we want to know is, yeah. what are your your your? Uh...
5: Well, I have a very complicated situation that I have not even touched on that I, I don't want to do over the air. over
1: the and I was and I was going to say that. Of the clients that I've seen through the years, almost every one of them has some complications that they don't want to talk about on the air, but that's where we specialize. We specialize in the most complicated, the most uh, the, the most convoluted. We've been through this... Uh, there's probably not much that I haven't seen in the 10,000 or more people that I've met with through the years. So I'd love to dig into it with you in a confidential manner.
5: So and- what I'm hearing from you is you don't particularly, in my instance, and maybe anybody, everybody else's, you're not a big fan of single premium deferred annuities or fixed index annuities with income guarantees.
1: All right. I'll, I'll go out on the limb and say this. Number one, I'm not in favor of any deferred annuity. Okay. Number two, there is a place for An immediate annuity... We call them very often place of a spendthrift trust. If I've got a client and they've got a child and they're worried about this child uh, uh, being, being preyed t- upon, being preyed upon by uh, by a disreputable people, then they've only got an income. That's all they've got. It becomes just a a check for them. Okay, I've only seen two or three in my career where I've actually recommended that because uh, there are usually well, other that's ways. Exactly my situation.
3: This is Deborah Lewis. Our number at the office is nine one nine. Eight seven two seven thousand nine one nine eight seven two seven
1: thousand. Well, you're worried about some. You're worried about somebody taking advantage of you. No, I have.
5: I have uh, a dependent that will need to be taken care of. Oh, well, as See, long as
1: you're alive, that's fine. We, can, we You don't have to give up control. I'm talking about people put it into their into their uh, estate plans. Okay. That at death, when they're not allowed. Okay, but that's an immediate annuity, not a deferred annuity. Okay, because the the ripoff to the deferred annuity industry is you're paying money management fees to the mutual funds, which you know which you would pay anyway if you bought those same funds. Then you're paying insurance costs to wrap around that annuity, which you would not do with those mutual funds, and you've also got death benefits that you've got to build in there. By the time you look at those fees, sometimes they're over 3%. And so I am definitely not in favor of the, and the index annuities have been under high scrutiny by the regulators for the last few years. Very few people that are selling them even understand them well enough to be able to explain them.
5: Well, Fidelity can't explain them. They don't do them. <laughs> well, I had to go to a second source for them. <laughs> and I'm, I'm a little bit confused. Um,
3: Will, well, this is where we dig in on the individual level in our office. This okay. is where we really pull apart the onion, and we're not restricted or limited by what we can say for the for the um, for just the listener who might be listening to our call now. If what we'll, what we'd want to deal with is your specific situation and bring
1: and bring the material and bring in with the material
3: him. with you because what you'll find is you'll walk away with an education and you'll understand what we are seeing in your particular
2: situation. And because you're self-employed, you're used to being in control, right? That's Exactly right. <laughs> so why would you want to lose control of all that money? So anyway, let's um, call our office, Steve, our number in Raleigh. We're in Midtown Raleigh at 919 872
1: Call it tomorrow morning? Uh,
2: you can call and, and leave. Call tonight,
1: leave your name, leave, you leave uh, your name and number and your contact info over the phone. And then tomorrow morning, Deborah will contact you.
2: Okay, not enough. All right, well, have a lovely evening. Thank you very much. And a great week. Thank
1: you for calling. Bye bye. You know, Lynn, I didn't want to take up too much time with Steve because his specifics are uh, confidential to him. But I can say this openly that we have had a number of clients that have needed something that will just protect that child from being preyed upon. And then we use a spendthrift trust. We don't use the annuities because using oh, yeah. using the annuity, you're paying an insurance company a lot of money, which is right. not well, at all necessary. You
3: know, the, the thing I wanted to add to it is is that the world of annuities is so complicated, unnecessarily, usually because. Uh, often they're they're sold they're 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 not bought you don't seek it out it's usually suggested as a a way to fix a problem that uh, someone has told you you have. What you will always walk away with after a conversation with us at Lewis Financial Management is an understanding of what you have been. Um, Presented. Presented. Very good word. Exactly. So at the very least, it
2: often is the way to understand what your options are. Exactly. You're listening to Money Matters with the Lewis Family on News Radio 680 WPTF.
1: David, this is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. How can I help you?
2: Yeah, I'm interested
6: in uh, charitable remainder trust. We're a two-career couple with no children.
1: Two-career couple. How old are you?
6: Uh, 49 and 46.
1: 49 and 46 your income and hers uh, uh 150 100,000 and 50,000 no children right okay now let me ask you a couple of uh, devil's advocate questions for example sure. what is it that attracts you and what do you, why do you want a charitable trust usually I'm the one recommending uh, them
6: I I would like to leave a significant amount of money to a university in the name of my father
1: all right outstanding now the charitable remainder trust is, in my opinion, and I think Linda would agree with me, the most powerful financial planning tool available today. It can do about four things at once. You have to really walk carefully through the arrangement to make it work right. But the first thing you can do, and the, fir- and the only thing you ought to be careful of, is learn who not to do it with. You want to not make the trustee the charity. You want to be the chair, the trustee yourself. Uh-huh. So we want to set up a charitable remainder trust. How uh, are you thinking of transferring real estate or cash or securities? What were you thinking of putting into this trust?
6: Uh, a combination of things: of uh, uh, real estate partnership.
1: Uh, Can't do a real estate partnership. What else? Uh, cash. You can do cash. Uh, securities. You can do securities and you can do real okay. est- you can do real estate if there's no mortgage on it
6: okay and uh, and uh, life
1: insurance uh can't do life insurance there are special rules on doing light on, on giving life insurance to the charitable trust that's okay. a tricky one all right. about how much are you are are you thinking of putting into this charitable trust about a half all right you can here's what you can do number 1 and you want to work with a financial planner who is experienced in the area of charitable trust But number one, we want to establish a charitable remainder unit trust. And I would recommend a NIMCRUT. They come in different flavors, if you will. There is the charitable trust called the straight charitable trust. Then there is the net income charitable trust. And then there's the net income with a payout provision or an IOU account. And that's the uh, makeup account, the M of NIMCRUT. So I would use a NIMCRUT. We establish this charitable remainder trust. We make it a NIMCRUT and we identify you as the trustee. So you're going to transfer from your own name, this half million dollars of assets, into your name as trustee of this charitable trust. We're going to then identify you and your wife as the income beneficiaries for the remainder of your lives. You now then will be paying yourself income for the rest of your lives. so that And you will control all of the investments in this NIMCRUT.
3: Don't trust these decisions to chance. Hire the right advisor. Give us a call at Lewis Financial Management, 919-872-7000.
1: And let us help you create a sensible plan. The key to establishing it is the payout rate. Since you're young and your income is high, and I presume your expenses are not $150,000. Uh, All right. If that's the case, then we want to set the payout rate as low as permissible by law and the reason is the amount that grows inside this charitable trust will grow into the millions at your age. Not only is it going to give you a tax deduction on your income taxes, then you're building up what's called an IOU account, the makeup account inside this charitable trust so that let's say 10 years from now when you're 59, you can start to pull out as much as $200,000, 400000 for yourself and for your wife uh, for retirement income needs as you see fit according to your makeup account. The key is the trustee. The other thing is I would advise you do not make your charitable beneficiary irrevocable. You can change the be- the, 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 the beneficiary as many times as you want during your lifetime.
2: Does that kind of help, David? Yeah, it may
3: help
1: a lot, Ms. Bob. So, Doug, what's new in the world of retirement planning? Okay, well, retirement planning brings us to the need to understand your investment choices. Every investor aspires to achieve superior returns and reduce risk, yes. But can investors pursue both these goals in today's increasingly complex environment? That's a good question. The right decisions can transform long-term investment outcomes and make the difference between success and shortfall.
3: Long-term investing in a retirement plan is a great way to prepare for your future, but how much do you need to invest today to have tomorrow? So, these are all uh, this is knowing what percentage of
1: your current income you might need when you retire. Yeah, many experts suggest an 80% replacement rate is often sufficient. I don't like that. Yeah. Everyone's needs are different. Ask yourself what type of lifestyle do I hope to enjoy?
3: Yeah, some financial experts suggest saving 10 to 15% of your annual income for retirement. What what do we say, Doug?
1: Well, we say, number one, look at your retirement plan at work. And if there is a matching amount, invest that up to the matching amount and no more. And then invest all the surplus, as much as you can, in a non-retirement, pay-yourself-first investment portfolio.
3: Right, because up to the match, it'd be throwing money away if you didn't. But after that, think long and hard about putting that... Uh, excess cash flow to better use, which is outside the retirement plan. That's right. So, Doug, what is another benefit?
1: Well, the benefit from diversification is the crucial thing. Varying market conditions can influence which investment types are doing well, which ones are in decline, and that's why diversification may help reduce volatility. Volatility is a fancy word for risk. Investment choices have different risk-reward characteristics you need to understand how investment types differ as well as your own risk tolerance. And this can help you identify what's the right mix of investments for you and what objectives of those different investments align with your own goals for growth, for income, and for capital preservation.
3: Growth funds have the highest long-term return possible, but also the highest degree of risk. So you need to know that. Right. Cash equivalents aim to preserve what you've saved, but may not provide the growth that you're going to need to meet your retirement goals. Then there's other types, such as bonds. And these fall in between and have varying degrees of risk and return. So there's lots to know, Doug. There uh, is. You, you, have to, you have to know a lot to know how to choose in the retirement portfolio, which is the right investment.
1: And then, of course, there are real estate investment trusts. They're the REITs that are not oh, trading. Yeah. They, they have their own categories of of style and of risk. Once you know your options, then, of course, talking with us at Lewis Financial Management and having an interaction will help us help you discuss your proper investment mix course, our office number is 919-872-7000. That's 919-872-7000. And that's where we can help you choose the right mix.
3: You should take into account your time horizon. If you are 20 or more years from retirement, you may want to invest in growth and growth and income funds that invest primarily in stocks. As you enter retirement, you may want to make additional portfolio adjustments. Here, working with a certified financial planner is key.
1: Yeah, a lot of plans offer both a mix of active and passive funds, and those are terms that you need to understand. Uh, Passive funds offer returns that follow the performance of various equity market indexes. Funds that are actively managed by investment professionals try to outpace or beat those indexes.
3: Now, Doug, a common view in the media is that investors should place the bulk of their portfolios in passive index funds.
1: I disagree with that totally.
3: And they often cite low fees as one of the benefits. But the key here to know is low fees are not exclusive to passive index funds. That's right. They can happen in active funds. You're always looking to who the manager is. And by, yeah, S- go Yes, ahead. select
1: active managers have the potential to deliver higher returns with reduced risk than market indexes over time, and that's their goal. So the key to successful investing for one's retirement years is being able to generate a sustainable income while managing risks. In retirement, investors have to balance two key risks. Longevity risk, that's the risk of outliving your money, and market risk, that's the up and down volatility of the investments. A risk-sensitive, research-driven approach with a commitment to containing cost can indeed reward long-term investors
2: let's take another caller doug
1: well charles this is doug lewis certified financial planner and how can i help you this evening uh, are you i'm
6: well thank you sir Uh, give me a little uh, advice here Uh, all right if you can please sir my my wife and i are thinking about buying a home okay we're uh 38 i'm 38 she's 37 no children no debts
1: no children no children. No children, no debts. Uh,
6: an adjusted gross income probably of around $100,000. All
1: right. Both of y'all working? Uh, yes, sir. Oh, financial planning for Dinks. <laughs> Dinks is dual income, no kids. That's us. Okay. Uh, All right. And the, you've got an adjusted gross income of how much? Uh, about uh, $100,000. 100, about 100000 the two of you. Uh, 401k plan, stocks, mutual funds, and
6: so forth, uh, insurances, disability, everything. How much do you
1: have in the stocks?
6: Oh, uh,
1: approximately.
6: Stocks and funds, probably thirty
1: thousand. Uh, well, I wanted to separate the stocks from the funds, if you. Oh. Uh, how much do you have in mutual funds? Do you know?
6: Well, probably about. Yeah, probably about fifteen thousand in each.
1: All right. Fifteen thousand stocks, fifteen thousand in mutual funds. What else did you say you had? Uh,
6: and probably about uh, thirty thousand in money market uh, in a money market account.
1: Thirty thousand in CDs. Money market and CDs. Anything else?
6: Well, we've got uh, you know our retirement plans, uh, money purchase plans, uh, uh, insurances, and things like that uh, that are that are doing real well. I'm not sure exactly the, the figures that, that all of those accounts might be worth.
1: What are your living expenses running, Charles? Uh,
6: well, they're they're minimal. Frankly, we 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 rent a home. Uh, we pay $600 a month rent.
1: And, uh, Wait a minute. Something doesn't make sense to me. If you're earning a hundred thousand dollars and all you've accumulated is thirty thousand dollars in money market and thirty thousand in stocks and securities, you've got you, you. must be high spenders, not low spenders. No,
6: well, I uh, mean, where's the money going? <laughs> we we have not been earning that more than about uh, two to three years. All right. Uh, because I just uh, finished uh, uh, college. Oh, okay. Uh, my high finished my doctoral program and okay. just have really begun my profession about see. you know thirty age 33, 34.
1: Okay, all So right. That, uh,
6: I'm a late bloomer, if you will.
1: All right. Well, that, exp- that explains something. Okay. okay. So your living expenses are running about how much?
6: Well, uh, six hundred dollars for rent and then uh, whatever uh, utilities and so forth are. Uh, I probably fifteen hundred dollars a month or something like that. All right. Maybe a little more. Yeah, uh, I was going
1: to say. Uh, that that would be a very attractive number because that would leave you a, a large amount monthly well, we, to put into a, into an investment plan. And
6: in fact, we do. We we end up probably putting three thousand uh, a month into uh, into various uh, into the money market or either buying more uh, shares of a mutual fund and so Good. forth. Good. Okay. And we had thought perhaps that we might need to buy a relatively expensive home simply to lower our tax
1: liability. Boo. Okay. It's not a tax shelter. A home is a shelter, not a tax shelter. It's a place where you live in. Okay. If you want tax shelters, there are good tax shelters out there today, and you can and, and, and you need to work with a certified financial planner to address the tax reduction need that you're talking about, but don't confuse it with the other need.
3: If you don't have a certified financial planner to work with, if you haven't met with a certified financial planner, call me, Deborah Lewis, at Lewis Financial Management, 919-872-7000. It might be the most important call that you make this year. 919-872-7000.
1: You should buy the cheapest house that you think you'll be comfortable living in.
6: Well, you're you're that's that's a point well taken. You you don't build wealth uh, owning a half million dollar home and, and driving two uh, two Lexus's or Mercedes.
1: That's exactly right. That's exactly right. You want to go ahead and look at your new status in life from a Future goal, identify the financial independence year. Right, right. You want to come backwards I to that? retire. All right. Uh, All of those numbers, those are air. numbers that right. you need to work with a certified financial right. planner to tell you how much should be set aside monthly to reach that goal. We're, we're trying to do just that. And keep the house from hindering your progress. And <laughs> okay. Good advice.
2: And Charles, if I can send you any information, if you'd like, you can call me at the office.
6: Okay, Our okay. number is 872-7000.
2: Eight seven two seven thousand. Thank you, ma'am. Okay, and thanks for Spend calling. Thanks for your time. Thanks, right. Charles. That was an excellent call, wasn't it? <laughs>
1: Linda, I, I I missed the first. How old did Charles say he was again? Well, I can't
2: remember, but uh, was it in his in his thirties? 30s? 30s? Yeah,
1: yeah. It, I'm thinking of Dave and Kathy, and I think they're probably listening to us tonight. And they came to us when they were in their thirties, and now here they are at retirement. They've been planning clients of ours for what twenty. I want to say 19, 20 years. Well, Dave and Kathy, if you're out there listening, congratulations. You achieved financial independence. You are now retiring and living the lifestyle you want. And I think Charles, he has the potential to be one of those, Lynn.
2: I I really believe it. And, uh, you know, it's just sort of a refreshing um, sort of caller to hear, um, you know, after finishing his education and living frugally and, beginning to accumulate in various you know vehicles
1: and he's got the discipline you can tell he's ready he said he's doing Mm three thousand a month that's good right yeah he he has the discipline (laughs) he will be able to achieve he just needs some professional advice
2: and classic statements at the end when he said you don't build wealth by buying a half a million dollar home and driving Two Lexuses.
1: I right. think he must, have been listen- he must have been listening to Deborah Lewis. <laughs> and
2: that's the truth.
3: I mean, and when it becomes an ex- something exciting, you like looking at your monthly statements, you're really looking at, you know, I've really built this for myself. Mm-hmm. I've really accumulated something.
2: I have something very real that I can say I've built my future on. And it's interesting that, uh, you know, even in, even as a person who's already working and has a comfortable income, that there's that he was saying that they are still renting. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
3: And and making that decision to buy based on, well, I still want to be able to put it in on a very regular basis a significant amount of my income so that I can keep on building my financial future. Awesome.
1: You know, the crucial aspect is to have a written plan, an investment policy statement that dictates and controls what you're doing. If you have it directed and created with your financial planner, then everything follows and that's what we have been promoting so long.